Okay, this thing's officially recording now. All right. Um, welcome, and uh, who are you? I am Emily Monroe. Uh, welcome, Emily. Because uh, I asked everyone, do you have a middle name? I do. Believe it or not, uh, it's Anne. Okay. Um, very classic, regular lady that's, middle name. Nine out of ten friends probably have that middle name. <laughs> and that's and that's that's fine. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I do that more as a stumbling block to ask people their middle name at this point. Uh, but thank you for sharing. Of course. Um, uh, so when was the last time you rode? Because I know injury. Mm. Yeah. Um, I rode last. It was like October 28 or 29, probably. Okay. Almost nailed it on the date exactly. Okay. Sheesh. Um, okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, moving the story along, um, how did you get into riding? Um, gosh, I started riding probably uh, by necessity in college. Okay. Um, like a lot of folks, probably you commute a bit in college. You know, I got this old Peugeot and it was my back and forth to class bike um, okay. I got it hooked up at Rowlett's and you know oh, got it all taken Rowlett's, take Rowlett's yeah. okay. back in the day um, and then you know life changed and I was working across uh, the city and a bunch of different places and uh, I kind of fell out of it a little while and then got back into cycling mm-hmm. when in that like height of the bike club era mm-hmm. cutthroat slaughterama all the different bike gangs and fixed gears and were really you know everything was wild okay. um, so got into like track bikes then and did a lot of that stuff and then wait wait track uh, single speeds fixed gears fixed gears fixed gears mm-hmm. okay how long was that going on what fixed gear like? the fixed gear life are we talking like yeah? It's We're talking a months. few years. Okay, a few years of fixed gear. Yeah. Okay. A couple few years. It was a, it was a good time. Everybody was ripping around town. There was underground races. There was all kinds of cool stuff happening. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you were in a fixed gear? Not too long ago. Really? I have a fixed. I have a mini velo that's a fixed gear bike. So it's a twenty inch track bike. Oh really? Twenty inch wheels. It's real silly. Okay. Nice. Uh, one day I may ride a, a fixed gear, just to, just so I can say that I have. Uh, it's fun. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so you have some time riding around different groups, fixed gear. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and where what what time were we talking to this? Like years, roughly. Um, probably um, early two thousands. Post college. Post college. Post college. Okay. Probably like two thousand five ish. Seven-ish, somewhere in there. Okay, all right. Um, And then bike commuted for a a long time. Got to the point where I was really just not driving at all, and I was only using my bike. Um, So sold the car. Didn't matter. Okay. Um, Then, wow, got a dog, had to get the car for vet purposes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, cycling got a little loose again, but I got a mountain bike. Wait a second, wait. Um... You're bike commuting. You mm-hmm. you'd sold the car. Um, how long? How long into the bike commuting were you before you were like, I don't you like the, the car decided to like you got rid of the car, or was there like oh, other man. decision that contributed to like getting rid of the car as well? The car was just getting damaged. I was living in the city and it was getting like sideswiped and you uh, know okay. messed up. And I was just like, I'm never driving this thing. Yeah, I don't really need it. Um, okay. It was a bike commuted. For probably five or six years. Okay. Um, okay. 
And I don't, I don't remember when I got the car between when I sold it. Okay. But at some point, the decision was like, I'm not using this. Yeah. It's, it's more of a nuisance. And got rid of the car. Yeah. Um, and then you get a dog. Mm-hmm. And how long before... Oh shit! I need to like move the dog around in more than my life. Immediate. Bike. I okay. was like, okay, this is a puppy, and they're insane. Mm-hmm. I have to have a car immediately because if I have to go to the emergency vet, I can't like just go. You know, <laughs> so immediate. It was like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna get a dog, I also have to have like emergency vehicle transportation. Okay. So let me buy a little car. Okay. Um, okay. Do you recall what car you got? I do. It was awesome. It was a Subaru Loyal. So it was a. F- for a push-button, four-wheel-drive Subaru station wagon. Okay. Then cost me $600. Really? Mm-hmm. It wow. was a blast. That's Super a, fun. That's a, that's a deal in any time. Yeah. I mean, uh, but it got you from point A to B. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it really sound like it was great, matter. but it got, it got it you was, where you need. It was actually pretty cool. It yeah. was a real fun little romper. It was just like, <laughs> just a hoot. <laughs> exactly what you would expect a six hundred dollar car to be. <laughs> it was not actually. It was kind of cute, yeah. but it certainly wasn't new. Okay, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, so a uh, dog, car. Uh, you're you. Do you all of a sudden now that you have the car? Do you start using the car more? Or do you still stay as commuting as much as you were? Um. I commuted a bunch. I was living downtown and commuting into the fan for work, and it just made sense to ride a bike a lot. Okay, um, yeah. Sure. I remember getting hit by a car on my bike and switching for a while from car to bus. Okay. And back to car. It was a lot of just trying all the, all the modes of transportation that you can. Uh, um, I'm glad we have public transportation here. Yeah. Um, so, okay, wait. You get hit by a car. That's yeah. Some significance here. How was that? Like, I got you got up, you brushed this off, or was yes, this? Thankfully, oh, okay. This was, um, uh, I managed to, I had a, a big messenger bag on and I was carrying a bunch of soft stuff, which okay. was really lucky. Mm-hmm. So I got hit by a car and flipped and landed on my back, but the messenger bag right, kind of kept impact. my head yeah. off the ground. Ooh, okay. Um, so it was just like, Totally okay. okay, but it really kind of jacked up one of my wrists. Yeah. So that was the only thing. You know, I picked myself up, mm-hmm. made sure I collected my things, mm-hmm. and it kind of just left. Yeah. I was like, I'm not hurt. Okay. My bike is fine. Yeah. Please don't kill anyone out there. Yeah. I'm going to go. And I left. And in retrospect, you know, things should have gone a lot differently, but they didn't. I, I felt a little helpless, you know, it was... Yeah. It was one of those things. I feel like I was on like a work errand or something, you know? And so I was like, I really have to go back to work. Yeah. Right. That's your, your, yeah. Your priority is not all the other things that yeah. like in hindsight, like I got a phone number insurance. Like I need to, I go. I'm just going to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that was not I'm glad more it was serious not injury. Worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it was um, a tuck and roll. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, then you, you switch up and do some using transportation at mm-hmm. that point just for a little while. Toot around, yeah, and then, um, then I got a mountain bike, and I started mountain biking a lot. I'd wanted to, and so I started, kind of putting the pieces together to build up a mountain bike. So up until that time, and how time do you recall, like roughly this mountain bike time, two thousand nine, two thousand ten? You know. Mm, that's a great question. I could. We think back. It's okay. 
Yeah, I can relate it to bike shop timelines. That's about it. I can tell you what shop it came from. You know, like, I'm like yeah. I know exactly where that was. So if somebody out there knows when Three Sports was on Ridge Road, that timeline. When was that? Ridge Road. Um, 2010-ish, 2011? Because they... they... Um, we're going to take a pause. Uh back um i had someone just try to sell me solar um and i turned them down but either way <laughs> um so um uh and we just got a mountain bike yeah um got a mountain bike we're in the we're in the 20 teens i think or maybe okay so we'll call it that the 20 something teens like era. that 20 teens 20 tweens but just to just to orientate this so um uh 2005 until this time you've got like uh, you're commuting single speed or fixed gear bikes at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, are they like drop bar bikes? Flat you know, hand, there were there were a ham there were a handful of bikes at this point. It started okay. with a fixed gear, and it kind of expanded from there. Um, the fixed gear was mostly what I used for tooting around town. Okay, it was like classic little narrow bars with okay. Ori oh, grips, oh, velocity oh, yeah, DPs. Okay. You know, some custom Braden built wheels. Mm-hmm. Bill hubs to you know deep v's it was just like the classic richmond fixed gear situation yeah, yeah. yeah um, i've seen these things rolling around yep um and then and then you um frankenstein a mountain bike together like you just like piecemeal well, someone I, built this thing for you that thing got built it was, okay. it was cool it was an expensive bike for me okay was it like you got it all at once like hey can you build me a bike and you showed up one day and they built it or did you like buy the parts piecemeal and like piece by piece okay frame and like a handful of components you know like got some hot insider tips on like what xt would be the year before and how slx would be the same Mm -hmm. as old Mm -hmm. xt and so you know started to kind of like delve into the world of like okay this is mountain bikes this is did you have a plan? Was it just like, I think I'd like a mountain bike or I want to do some gnarly stuff with this. Let me get one. I wanted to ride the mountain bike trails here. Okay. Because I thought they were super cool. Okay. And so right. I just wanted something that was going to be capable. Okay. Yeah, sure. And so like knew from my experience with other bikes that you were going to have to throw some money at it mm-hmm. for a nice shock and for a nice frame and components that... You know, as a beginner, I didn't want to buy something too nice that I couldn't afford to replace right, yeah. when I broke right away. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, shooting for like a happy medium, something really mm-hmm. functional and durable, but also not like clunky and right. too, too, yeah, too, too, too low end. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Because, um, right, you don't want to immediately feel like I need to upgrade in four months kind yeah. of thing, right? You don't want to outgrow it right away. Um, so you get this mountain bike um, uh, and... Uh, what's the plan? What'd you do? Do you recall day one? Like you got this thing, you just like ride out the shop. Just like, I can't even remember the first ride. I probably was terrified. I bet I went to Belle Isle though, because I think that was like the intro loop as you did that lost trail lap at Belle Isle. Okay. And that's where you learn to just like casually ride through the woods. Did you have, did, did, did anybody go with you? Probably. Uh, did you the know mountain bikers, I, was, I guess? I did. Okay. Yeah, I knew a handful of mountain bikers. And so I could go with them and I could go with my partner at the time mm-hmm. because he was a pretty regular mountain biker. Okay. Um, and he would just smoke me, you know, gone. <laughs> but that's mountain biking. Like, it, yeah. And it took me a while to realize that you had to have speed to go over the obstacles well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. somebody wasn't just like straight up 
dropping you on a ride, it's just hard to do that. And so it's hard to maintain speed and go through obstacles and yeah. clear um, them well. Uh, was Not to get too deep into things, that um, was a person like, let me ride at your speed? Like, no, you need to ride at my speed. It was a bit of the latter. <laughs> it got kind of silly. And I, I did a lot of solo mountain bike rides. Um, okay. Thankfully, a friend of mine that was a very strong rider um, also mountain biked. So mm-hmm. I could go with her. When she was in town on her off season, we would do mountain bike rides together. Okay. And that was very cool. Nice. Um, so you're you're uh, getting more acquainted with the local trails, James River Park system mm-hmm. trails and everything, which are amazing. Um, and then do you start thinking, had you, had you done like, had you done things? It was like, wow, that was an epic day of riding before that. Like, or was it like mountain biking got you into like doing dumb rides? Mountain biking definitely got me into dumb rides. Okay. Um, I did a lot of mountain biking and started just seeking out longer and longer and longer mountain bike rides. Is it? you like the endurance like i like doing i like putting out the watts i like doing this hard effort for a long time or is it i like going far like i like going far to a place and it just so happens that like clearly i gotta be in shape to do it like, i think um you like the pain or the location like the, the <laughs> i think i just love being on a bike all day long okay i think i'm like a sun up to sundown kind of person okay daylight hours yeah um, okay Night riding is its own wonderful wild thing on a mountain yeah. bike too, or mm-hmm. on a gravel bike even. Yeah. But um, when I started to do longer mountain bike rides, I was just setting out to you know crack thirty miles, crack forty mm-hmm. miles, crack mm-hmm. fifty miles, yeah. do a century. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot like there was a lot of changing in my cycling habits. Yeah. Around mm-hmm. that, you know, there was a. a a long haul trucker set up as a gravel bike that came into play that I okay. just put a ton of miles on. Long, wait, wait. It's a Surly, uh, like a touring bike, but because it's a Surly, you can fit pretty wide tires on there. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Longer distance. Okay, okay, all right. Um, uh, so you have this mountain bike and you're, just, you're, you're putting longer and longer rides on this thing. Um, can you think of, did you plan, did you plan like, an epic ride or did it just like happen one day you just like kept riding and just now it's like 90 I, miles kind I of planned thing. it okay. um I I was getting annoyed that I could never seem to crack 50 miles on my mountain bike uh, okay um around town okay you know like door-to-door ride mm-hmm. leave yeah, my house yeah. ride yeah. hit the parks get home hit stop I would like I just kept running into these like weird little things mm-hmm. like oh it's getting dark or it's gonna start yeah. to rain in a minute and I'm gonna have to bail out of the trails yeah and so I got annoyed about it and finally cracked the 50 and then was like, you know, I bet I could do a century if I rode to Pocahontas in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. And so took three stabs at it, finally cracked 100. Yeah. Nice. Um, which way did you go? Did you take, um, not sure you remember all the roads, but did you take, um, uh, is Ironbridge? Did you take Ironbridge down, or did you so, take the other way around? I like took the longer way around. Okay. Um, Braden has a great route for getting to Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. That's mostly back roads and neighborhood cuts. Okay. So you zigzag a lot, but you're not on that busy stretch yeah. of road. It would have been a little quicker, maybe. Mm-hmm. But this one also puts you out right at the courthouse lot, Ooh, almost okay. right there. You come out at Orange Market. So 
It's maybe 14 miles. Okay. You land at Orange Market, you grab a snack, and then you drop into Pocahontas. Okay. Nice. Uh, I may have to ask about that route. Is that that's a mountain bike friendly route, not gravel bike? It's totally gravel bike. Really? Mm-hmm. I may have to look at that route then. Um, okay. All right. Um, so you managed to get a 100-mile ride in, mm-hmm. including some riding around town and then or trails local trails and then ride away out to pocahontas did you do a lap in pocahontas as well yep okay yeah that's what seals the deal you have to ride at least 20 miles at pocahontas right, and yeah, then you can, so. then Go you can be out um <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> and what's the thought then like you get that you know that that mysterious like or that weird like we have to do a hundred mile kind of ride and do you think like this was awesome. I need to do more of these. Or it was like, that was dumb. And like, I should have I not loved done. it. And yeah. then I decided that all of my friends could probably do it much faster than I did it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to make it into a race. Okay. And so that's where mountain cat came from. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I thought it would be a hilarious race. It would be horrible, mm-hmm. but also awesome mm-hmm. because it's such a long day on a bike. Not a lot of people want to do that. Yeah. hundred miles off road. Um, zigzagging through the neighborhoods in some kind of way. Yes, that would be a lengthy, a lengthy ride. <laughs> a heck of a day. Turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that become just like you convince some friends to do it like the next year or something like mm-hmm. that? Or okay. Yeah, my buddies were like, "We we just rode a hundred miles on your mountain bike," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it was shockingly cool." Yeah. Like, pretty awesome. Yeah. I ate a bunch of snacks. So like, right? like three lunches. Like it was great. <laughs> you know, like cool day. Yeah, so much food can be justified. So many turtles, you know, you're just Um, like having a great day of it. Okay. Um, So then, uh, so so next year they, you know, some friends decide to do this mountain cat thing. Um, And they were like, yeah, this is cool. It was like, "Mm, Emily, what are you, why, why? Yeah, they were like, this was horrible. We loved it. (laughs) Um, It went pretty good. The first year was so hot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it almost hit 100. Yeah. And it was very it was a very hard day for folks that ride back from pocahontas will just like crush your spirit because you're just in the sun mm-hmm. um, so it kind of fries you but it was good uh it was pretty well received people loved it and hated it and wanted to do it again so it just kind of popped off from there that hundred mile your first hundred mile ride on the mountain bike was that year one of mountain bike life or was it like year two or something like that? It was way further into it. Okay, there was a lot okay, of cycling okay, time okay. in that mix. Okay. Yeah. Initially mountain biking, I think I started pretty small. You know, okay. I would do a JRPS lap. Mm-hmm. I would, I typically, my usual was like JRPS with one bonus feature. Mm-hmm. You know, this was when Poop Loop didn't exist yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the East End trails weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, so JRPS was kind of what you had in Forest Hill Park. So you would go do that North Bank Buttermilk lap, maybe hit forest hill park maybe hit dogwood dill yeah um and so this is after this is like a couple years into you mountain biking i feel like i've skipped some things i feel like there's some stories there's in some there. stories in the mix okay. um there's like a whole gravel bike world that happened and a lot of the long distance endurance rides really came from from that the gravel bike. and then um yeah okay a lot um, of long distance rides there so um mountain bike and then a gravel, another bike happens, a gravel bike happens, mm-hmm. and somewhere in there. And a different mountain bike happens. Oh my god. Okay. So there was, there was a, there's some timeline. The old mountain bike was a 26er. Okay. And she was old, and the suspension was. Wait, tired. wait, wait, wait. Okay. Um, and this is me admitting that I'm, I'm mostly a roadie, right? Uh, when you say 26er, that is referring to the wheel size mm-hmm. in some kind of way, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So 
a cool mountain bike, a nice one, high end for yeah. what it was, but also still a 26 inch hardtail. Okay. And so I wanted to upgrade. I was browsing Craigslist. I was riding my gravel bike a lot. Okay. And I wanted to get a different mountain bike that was a little bit more capable. And I was going to go to North Carolina one mm-hmm. weekend to camp okay. and got rained out. So stayed okay. home, mm-hmm. was kind of chilling on the couch, sipping coffee, browsing Craigslist, and a surly do. karate monkey popped up in West wait, Virginia. Wait, sorry, say that name again. A karate monkey. Okay, all right, just making sure I heard that right. A um, karate monkey, okay. The guy had it set up as a single speed, and he was selling it for a crazy cheap price. Okay. So I emailed him, and I was like, hey, I'll drive up today. Mm-hmm. Like, my weekend plan gets canceled. And he responded pretty quickly and was amenable. So I made coffee to go and threw the dogs in the car mm-hmm. and drove to West Virginia and bought a mountain bike. And nice. okay. got, got my first single speed mountain bike. And okay. that's what I just kept riding. I okay. passed on the OG mountain bike to a new rider that needed a bike. Okay. Nice. And then had this karate monkey. It was a 29er. Um, and then that's where more epic rides continue on the, the mm-hmm. Karate Monkey, which is a fabulous name. And I'm probably mm-hmm. going to say that four more, five more times. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's good. Um, uh, okay. Um, are you, so you're, do you go out of town for, for rides? Are you still just, you're riding local at this point before the, before it's kind of somewhere between before Mountain Cat? Are yeah. You, you're still learning so the trails. I have this gravel, well, a, a touring bike that's set up as a gravel bike. Okay. Like probably to the Slow best. Bike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's again, it's a 26 inch wheel size, mm-hmm. old, surly. Okay. Um, it has rim brakes, but it has a dynamo. So I can just kind of keep riding mm-hmm. um, and have, you know, lights at night that I don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I've been riding this bike like crazy. I'm getting longer and longer and longer distance rides, doing like pretty regular 200 Ks, mm-hmm. putting in some big miles on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I get the karate monkey and the long miles just transfer to that. You know, that's when I started pushing more on the mountain bike. You know, if sure. I can do this on the road, well, I could do this on the mountain bike too. Sure. Yep. Okay. And that's how I bullied all my friends into doing mountain cat was because I told them that if I did a hundred miles on a single speed, then they could definitely yeah, do it. Gears, and yeah. so much quicker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, how many people did you convince to do mountain cat the first time? I think it was close to like 30 ish people. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, oh my god. Oh. <laughs> it was wonderful. People came. Buds come down. Came down from DC. Yeah. Um, it was really a fun crowd. It was a nice. good mix of folks. Nice. Um, and then uh, the like is happening every year. It has been. Yeah, we took off twenty twenty because everybody, you know, yeah. wild year. Yeah. But it has happened yearly since. Nice. Okay. Uh, I may have to look. Into, I I've heard of the mountain cat prior to mentioning this. And I don't know if I saw, I probably saw it on Strava or something like that, a few people participating in that. Um, and I was like, that seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I may have to look into it more now. Check it out. It's pretty silly. Um, uh, skipping ahead. How'd you get your injury? Mm. Not biking related? Yes, unfortunately, biking related. We okay. were on a gravel bike ride and we were riding the East End Trails. Mm-hmm. And there was a section of briar hanging across one of the trails and i thought it would not be an issue to ride through it past it a little uphill so i just kind of like aimed for the gap Mm -hmm. between the briars and the tree but the briars caught my handlebars and fully turned my front wheel so i fell unclipped got a foot down felt the pop and was on the ground 
And so I got up and my foot felt just kind of like it wasn't really there. Okay. And I was like, I'm standing, I'm fine. Uh, let me like collect myself, make sure I didn't like, yeah. you know, phone out of the pocket or anything. Yeah. I was with a bunch of friends. We were doing a very early morning ride, hiked up out of the woods and almost passed out. I was like, whoa, my body is not stoked on what just happened. Yeah. Sat down for a little while, got it together, rode yeah. home, um, got home and was like, man, I wonder if I can unclip. Um, everything feels kind of numb but weird uh-huh. um, and very, very, very slow and careful. Turned my foot in the motion of unclipping and almost passed out again. And I was like, I can't unclip. Slid my foot out of the shoe and then riced it for the weekend. Yeah. I wasn't sure because I could stand on it. Yeah. I didn't think I had broken a leg. Yeah. But I had broken my leg. So I spent a few days walking around on it thinking it was fine, thinking it was a really bad rolled ankle. Mm-hmm. And then went to the doctor because the swelling wasn't going away. And yeah. that's what Dr. Google tells you to do is keep an eye on the swelling. And if it doesn't go away after three yeah. days you need to go to the actual doctor okay and so legit broken leg yeah that sucks um i know <laughs> such a stinker i was like man i'm gonna miss the last days of fall um uh how long what's your what's your downtime what's your like off bike um actually i feel like i'm super lucky okay. i got five weeks in a boot okay which seems like a cakewalk compared to what it could be i didn't well, have to have surgery i'm just in a boot and um so it's five weeks in the boot but then how long before you're advised to like use that leg i'm not sure okay we'll find out on december 8th okay All right. <laughs> i'm, I'm I mean, interested i'm hopeful that i can like i'm trying not to get my hopes up too high because i don't want to get my feelings hurt about it um it would be cool to be out of the boot right. and it would be even cooler to be able to ride a trainer so we'll see my hopes are my best case scenario big hopeful fingers crossed is that i get to the doctor everything is looking pretty good Mm -hmm. pretty healed up it already feels different okay better ish you know there's things (laughs) feelings yeah the feelings that's going on it's healing Mm -hmm. um like i can cross my leg and it doesn't hurt that's new that's like a week old new cool thing to do again um so it would be really cool if i get there boot comes off I can do some gentle trainer rides and hit PT mm-hmm. to get flexibility going again. Okay. So that that's my hope. We'll see what happens. Okay. I, I hope you get the best prognosis possible. Cross some fingers. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> um, uh, you mentioned a trainer. Um, is that a is that a recent thing or is it one you've you've had for a while? I have um, I have a, a pretty basic. Classic. Wahoo trainer. Yeah, I have a classic ye old school one and then I have a smart trainer. Oh, okay. Um, I don't um, use it too often. I'm a real I, I, Four I, Seasons I, rider. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it comes in handy sometimes. <laughs> you know, like it, it has helped to have one whether I'm just lending it to other people or, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally. I feel like every year I go through a phase where I'm like, that's it. I'm grouchy. I'm riding the trainer. Like it rains really hard for a week and a half and I'm crotchety and mean mm-hmm. and i'm like if i don't get on the bike my friends are all gonna fire me yeah and so i'll do a couple trainer rides and like watch some youtube series mm-hmm. or something and then i'm just like i cannot do okay. this anymore yeah. <laughs> like i'm out <laughs> okay. i'm gonna go outside again okay all right <laughs> and that's fine i i'm it happens i, I enjoy riding on trainer. i wish i was better i wish i was better at it you know if you're if you're getting if you're not like 
I need to do a structured workout to really work on my speed or X, Y, and Z, right? If that's not really the goal, um, and if you are willing to ride in inclement weather in some degree, then it doesn't serve as the best purpose, right? And nobody wants to plan for an injury. Like, let me have the trainer in case I break a th- you know, yeah, break a right. thing. Um, <laughs> you know, then it, mostly if you're not thinking like inclement weather, and then like I need to do something structured that's like a you know it's the same parameters every single time, then like it's not as beneficial. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you will have some option when it is safe yep. to do so. I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever comes at me. I think. Okay. All right. Um, thankfully, it's, I'll say thankfully it's through the winter because you're all season rider. But like, yes, it's inclement weather time. Yeah, so if like... it was summer, I would be like <laughs> losing my mind. I would be having the worst FOMO every single day. Right. So yeah. I had a great summer. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a little sad to miss like the good riding that gets you really acclimated to the cold. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to go outside in the worst p- months where it's yeah. going to be cold and gray and you know, a high of 36 and not a drop of sun in the sky, you know, and I'm going to have to come from the cozy temperature indoors, like straight to that. So it'll be hard. Uh, Have you always been a rider of all four seasons? Like even during your commuting time, you're just like, it's rainy, I'm cool. Commuting, I still would because it just was like, I have to go to work. You got to go. Okay. do not go to work. But okay. so, you know, it wasn't enough of a commute ever to really shut me down that much. Um, And it certainly tapers off a lot in the winter. Especially because a lot of what I really like to do is mountain biking. Mm -hmm. So if it rains a couple days in a row or if there's bad freeze thaw, you're just not going to be on your mountain bike. Okay. Um, And so again, I live a roadie life. And so I understand that with the different trail systems, um, the managed trail systems, right? Um, They're like, at certain point, like they're they're closed, right? Pocahontas particularly, like it's closed under certain like... It's all about the type of soil. Okay. That, we, that you have that you're riding. When you have a clay-based soil, like Pocahontas, the mm-hmm. courthouse road trails, mm-hmm. they're all clay-based. So okay. in the summertime, they're like hard-packed, mm-hmm. you know, super fast. Yeah. Um, in the winter, the clay holds water and freezes and creates this like freeze-thaw cycle. Okay. Early in the morning, the, cra- the clay is all like raised. As it freezes, it expands. Okay. Um, and if you ride it as it starts to thaw it kind of shatters the clay and like essentially creates ruts and mud holes that are just a ton of work to repair so you either ride really early in the morning when everything is still completely frozen Mm -hmm. as soon as the trails start to thaw a little bit you leave you don't ride anymore okay um so it's all about the soil so anywhere that's clay based like um Buttermilk retains a lot of water because of the elevation and the streams that naturally form or that sort of live naturally on that side of the trail systems. North Bank is real heavy clay based. So again, it hits freeze thaw really bad. So you kind of have to seek out soil that's a bit more loamy, okay. um, that drains better. So maybe on better elevation. Okay. North Bank clay. Um, and the courthouse trails there. Mm. The courthouse stuff is all real pretty clay-based because okay. it's a lot of like managed and built trails. Okay. Morgan and Lakeview, those are very like loamy soil. Lots of like ups, downs, so it drains well. Um, but I think that, and I think those stay almost pretty rideable. Yeah, year-round? Relatively, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm only, not recently, I mean, but just this year because I got the gravel bike and so now I pay attention to 
you know, riding off road and then the surfaces and like, and so I, I pay t- more attention where I'll see the notices um, from RBA Moore, you know, tr- you know, the posts from Pogonis, you know, trails closed today kind of thing. Um, and so I think about that more when I'm like, I'm going to do a gravel ride is the surface I'm going to go on. Is it just going to be like mud you mm-hmm. know, or something mm-hmm. like that? Um, I've not gotten there yet. Where I'm like, I'm gonna have one of those rides where I'm like, hike a bike and mud and just like all kinds of stuff. So, what's the messiest ride you've been on that you recall, or at least do you recall a story of like a really messy ride? Like we. Oh man. There have been some real mud bogs. I try to avoid it, to be honest, because I know that if I'm on trails and I'm on mud like that, mm-hmm. I am doing a big disservice. I am in trouble. Um, so. I'm sure there's been a ride somewhere. There's been like rides. There's so much. Um, I love to ride Mud Mart. I love to ride that section of dirt bike land on the south mud, side, kind of no man's mart. land. Mud Mart, the pit. Um, I'm not familiar with this. Okay. It is uh, a little section of land on the south side where dirt bikes and ATVs all ride a lot. Okay. It's been a trail system that's been ripping for years. Um, and it's fun through there, but it is a bit mud boggy. Okay. Um, so you, you do get a lot of, uh, like, it's very slippery, uh, very opaque mud, so you don't really know how deep the puddles are. They could be, like, hub Ooh. deep, or they could be an inch deep. It's just a total guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like we've we've done some winter rides that have just taken a, or taken, wow, taken a real sideways turn. Yeah. And, you know, you're just in some kind of crazy slosh land. And you just ride through it, slog through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I did the dirt bags 100, there were long stretches of mud pit through a tree farm. And it was just a hoot. I mean, you couldn't get around it. Yeah. There was tight forest on either side. Mm-hmm. And so you were just like walking directly through the center of like a 200 foot long mud puddle. Um, the dirt bags 100. That's the name of the group. That's the name of the. the that's, I think is, it's is sort that of. The... That's the, maybe their Instagram name. Okay. But it, the, the original ride was called the Dirtbags. It was, okay, okay. Um, 100K or 100 miles? 100 miles, but okay. it was really closer to 80 miles until it kind of got refined over the years. Okay. And cracked 100. Um, which, I guess I can look up the route, but like this went like, like how far, like what direction kind of did this thing go? Did... Initially, when you would ride it, you would leave Richmond and go out the back side of the poop loop. Mm-hmm. and go through kind of uh, some sort of south side industrial scramble mm-hmm. yep. um, up this real wonderful, terrible hill beside 95. You kind of parallel 95 okay. uh, through Ch- Chesterfield until you got to Dutch Gap, um, Henricus Park. Okay. You would take a lap at Dutch Gap and then kind of cook it through Chesterfield County on a series of weird cuts till you got to the horse side of Pocahontas. Okay. You would cross Pocahontas and then squiggle your way back into the city on that route I mentioned to you that was a very nice way to get home from Pocahontas. Right. And then land back in the city. You would come out like come back onto like familiar land, just like covered in mud (laughs) and just like hungry and like tired and sweaty. You're just like looking like a mess but like back in the city suddenly. I would imagine that could be for, for I could imagine 
you, you, you were on these unfamiliar roads and then like all of a sudden you pull out and like, oh shit, I know where You're I'm going. You're like, I'm oh my God, I'm yeah. like two miles from home. <laughs> <laughs> I look crazy right now. Um, I'm looking at the map to see um, roughly, okay, I can see how far south that goes um, to, to get to Dutch Gap. Um, and then make it, I guess, make its way west mm-hmm. and then come back up. Okay, all right. Uh, I try to look at maps to try to create routes when I can, so I may look at that some more later. Um, uh, and so you don't, again, this goes into the ride in inclement weather. You don't shy away, like, ah, oh, it's gonna, is it gonna be a little rain? You're still gonna go ride. Mm, I'm kind of a baby these days, oh, I'll admit it. Um, cold rain, just it's not my, it's not my thing. I'll is, ride really cold. And yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay. And I'll ride in summer rain and I'm okay with it. But when it starts to be that like... Winter rain? Mm, it's just, it's not really fun for me anymore. Are you saying that one time it was? <laughs> uh, mm, or just like it didn't yeah, matter? Yeah, like it didn't matter. I think the commute, okay. commuting, you just kind of did it. And you just were like, yeah, this is the part of okay. it. I know I'm going to get home yeah. in six miles. And I'm yeah. going to be out of these clothes and it's not going to matter. Yeah, but a but, leisurely ride that you don't have to do. Maybe not. A yeah, cold rain. it's okay. a rare day that I'm gonna choose to go do like a 40 mile loop in cold rain. Okay. I really, I don't know. It's just I'm a, I'm sort of baby. Okay, that's alright. It's, it's it all, happens. You know, we all have yeah. limits. Yeah, you, you've done you've we done all got our rides. You don't have to yeah. make all of them <laughs> epic. I'll uh, own it. I know. Um, uh, has what do you take with you on a ride? Let's go to mountain bike ride. And it's going to be, we'll say, under 30 miles, right? What do you, what do you take with you on a ride? Probably one to two bottles of water. Okay. Um, 30 miles on a mountain bike is still, it's still right, a yeah, good yeah. amount. So probably I'm going to stop for coffee in the middle of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless I'm just like, hey, I got to do 30 miles and then I got to go home. I have these like five things to do today. Yeah, at which yeah. point I'll throw like, uh, like a um, little snack bar in my pocket. Okay. All right. Um, what is your drink of choice of coffee? Is there is there is there a mm. coffee like oh, I'm gonna get this? Any co- any coffee beverage in okay. war- in cold weather is yeah. just like glorious. Really? Yeah, there's nothing better than just like sort of stopping in the middle of a long ride mm-hmm. when you're cold. Yeah. Um, and just getting a cup of coffee. Okay. Um, but we have so many good roasters here that like we have bajillions right. yeah, of good yeah. options. So like you can get really fancy with it. Okay. Get something nice. Okay. Um, and I don't drink coffee, but I, I can understand the it's like... It's a good tradition. You know, the, the, the comfort of that uh, coffee mid-ride. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, two bottles. Now, say you're going on like... Just go with Monster Cat, right? Like, what are you, you going to take with you for this thing? That one's a different bird. I'm going to pack lunch. Okay. Um, I... Have run the gamut on weird foods on rides. Sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's um, I'm vegetarian, so like okay. I'll say chicken sandwich, but I mean like a fake chicken sandwich. Okay. Sometimes I pack pierogies, um, burrito. Okay. You, you know, like there's if it's gonna be a long ride like that, I'm gonna need something substantial. Okay. And um, one of the there's a lot of options for stopping for food. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, sometimes it's really hard to find something substantial at a gas station if you're vegetarian. Uh, yeah. So if yeah. I need like some real food, I don't want it to be like a jumbo bag. Well, that's not true. I love a jumbo bag of French fries. But like, <laughs> if it needs to be something bigger than that, it needs to be maybe something that I pack myself. Okay. All right. Um, how long have you been a vegetarian? 
always? Um, no, I kind of picked it up again recently in the last maybe four or five years. Okay. I was vegetarian as a young punk kid um, and then kind of fell out of it for a while. Okay. My body felt tired and I felt like I needed the protein or something okay. was felt off. And yeah. so I switched it up for a while and okay. then went back to it. Okay. All right. Um, just curious. Right. Um, uh, and you're right. Yes. If you're stopping for snacks and then finding enough protein at a convenience store that's just not like it's not slim gyms right because that's yeah. not gonna work it's not gonna um, work unfortunately <laughs> um oh my god what would i mean there's there's like cliff bars you get like, it gets so old so fast um yeah. banana and cheese is a favorite you know banana 7-eleven has yeah, like yeah. sharp cheddar so yeah you can get like yeah. a sharp cheddar you can get a banana yeah um I feel like I have really specific gas stations like benchmarked across Virginia because they have good potato wedges. So yeah. if a gas station has potato wedges, like sign That's me up. Your, yeah. It's on. It's, it's on. Um, okay. And there's some gas stations that even have PBJs. Some of them are really awesome. What? So you just have to find the right ones. It's, it's like a best convenience store award moment. I feel like I need to see a, a gas station with a PBJ out there. Um, it's cool. It's um, very infrequent, but they I exist. Mean, it, not that they're complicated or anything like that, but it's, you know. It's, it's just not an direct. option. Yeah, 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 it's cool. Um, um, it, so, yeah, curious about the, the, the snacks and things like that. Um, do you take electrolytes? And, like, I do, okay. yeah. Um, do you have a, a, a brand of choice of electrolytes? Hmm. Not that it's super important, but. I vary a lot. Um, okay. Sometimes if it's convenient to scratch, I pack scratch. Mm -hmm. I will say I like noon a lot because it's lower sugar. Okay. And um, it packs well. So if or I'm going to go on like a really, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a big long day or a tour or something like that. Yeah. Chances are I'm bringing noon because it's just packable. Mm -hmm. A little bit less mess. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't find noon to be super enjoyable. Um the three times that I tried, I tried the different flavors, but um, I always thought of Alcat Seltzer, and it just, yeah. it just, you know, it, it rubs people the wrong way sometimes. I just, I don't mind it so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if that, if that, it works, right? If it works, then yeah. that's the thing you should continue using. Because uh, noon is that you can go to Kroger and get yeah. noon tablets, um, which is weird, dissolvable tablets. Um, <laughs> um, so this thing you take on a ride, um, you discuss your injury. Mm. Um, are there thoughts of new bikes? Mm, I just new biked myself big okay. time. Really? So I'm, I'm cut off for a while. You okay. know, I'm always like looking for some right, project, but I'm forbidden. I can't. It has to be one in, one out at this point. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so wait, what was the new bike? I got a new gravel bike and I, and I got a new mountain bike. And a new mountain bike. I really went hard. Okay. Oof. Um, this gravel bike um what's the what's the i don't say what you do with the, what are you doing with the gravel bike but what's like what's the epic you've done on the gravel bike if anything like what's been your longest ride on this new gravel bike well this new gravel bike is really new. oh it's new new it's okay new, it's new new, new. okay it's both still of not, these bikes new. are really new new okay okay all right um so uh, so future plans for these bikes yeah future plans for sure okay um, okay. big um, dumb stuff to come okay all right yeah right Everything recovers. And yeah, then it'll be great. Jumps. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh oh. <laughs> I have full faith in this leg. I'm like, we're going places. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, have there been other injuries? I've not really asked this. But you've been to I've people. been so lucky. Yeah. I don't even want to say it. Yeah. Okay. I've well, been this is, super I mean, this lucky. Is, right. This is this is so, you know pretty intense here. I got yeah. I got a little bit of a rotator cuff tear. Okay. Um, and I exacerbated it by continuing to mountain bike. 
you didn't give a resting period. I didn't give a rest. And I sought help through a super skilled PT. Yeah. Who basically told me I could do all the gravel riding and road riding I wanted. Mm-hmm. But it might be smart to lay off the mountain bike. Right, and he was way. like, see how it feels. And I crashed really hard in a rock garden. After, after the, after, after the this discussion. And like just landed flat out like Superman. Right, I yeah, sat there for a while and mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, I have to stop mountain biking. I have to stop. Yeah. This was like totally unplanned and unavoidable. I've cleared this rock garden a million times and I just crashed in it. Yeah. And I am on the ground on my face. I cannot do this anymore until this shoulder is healed. Yeah. So I continued to do PT and just like really put all that energy into gravel bikes. Okay. All right. Uh, yes. Injuries heal. They do. Right. Um, yes. We want them to fully, fully heal uh, before we do things um, or do extreme things again. Um, so wait. Uh, do you still have a single speed? I do. Okay. Yeah. Does that come out the corral every time? Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. Um, single speed mountain bike might be my favorite. Yeah. I told myself I wasn't really going to get a geared mountain bike until I got a full suspension bike. Okay. And then I would just like fully, I, f- I feel like it's cheating. It's like full suspension and it's geared. I'm like, uh, okay. Um, but I love single speed mountain biking. It is the best. Is there, cause there's two mountain bikes. It sounds like two mountain bikes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the single speed and you've got a geared mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when is it, what's, what kind of ride is it that, that you pick the single speed mountain bike and then what's one like now I'm going to take the geared one? Like what's, what's, um, is there a deciding factor? Like I still am kind of in that like new bike excitedness where the full suspension has been coming out like a lot. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Okay. And so otherwise the single speed was everything. Okay. Single speed like multi-day tours mm-hmm. single speed around town rips traveling in other states up and down riding at places like mm-hmm. it's great at everything okay you just change your gearing and you go okay um you mentioned multi multi-days when was your first multi-day ride hmm or do you recall some of the early ones let's go with that i do um i started uh, some of this gravel bike stuff I really wanted to do longer and longer rides um, but I had to get faster to basically like my little dogs are my world so mm-hmm. I was like man I ha- cannot be gone all day oh, yeah, for okay. these dogs yeah. I'm going to have to get faster at these rides mm-hmm. because I need to go home to take care of my dogs Yeah, okay. they can't just sit at home for 10 hours like that yeah. so I would line up dog sitters and try to go for longer and longer, longer rides. Like if I was going to do a 160, yeah. I had a dog sitter that would come okay. and let them out. Um, and so I feel like I started doing some of this overnight stuff and packed the dogs with me on a couple trips. Really? I feel like... I can't remember what my first shakedown run was. Wait, wait, wait. Took the dog with you on the ride? Yeah. The little dogs would chill in the panniers. Oh, I had panniers on the front and they would just sit. Wow. They're okay. really good little dogs. They've gotten older and we don't really do that anymore. Yeah. You know, we can't really do it anymore. Yeah. But They're bigger dogs. As right. younger pups, they were really good at it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. I think I just saw something about like how to go bike packing with your dogs. I was like, I, I'm not going to read that article. It's I a lot. Dogs. Yeah. It's a lot of extra work. But, um, but you did it. You can do it. Um, uh, so, okay. So you were doing some rides, but you weren't going... You were still, you, you got your dogs to take care of, so you weren't just mm-hmm. out there all the time. Um, but you were able to take the dogs. I was able to take the dogs on a couple trips, and then I think I lined up some overnighters, you know, like maybe the Chip Oaks or okay. 
some other parks. I can't remember. I can't remember what my first overnighter was. So was it huh. was it just um, like oh I know of a park that I can camp at, I'll ride there, camp and come back, or was it just like I know some wooded area, I'll just stay there in the woods and then come back. A little bit of both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first times was just some road camping okay. where I wasn't supposed to camp. Okay. I just rode out there as I like did some around town rides to okay. make sure everything was going to stay on my bike well. Oh, right, like, right, okay, right. You know, Test some shakeout zero. runs. Yeah. You know, you like go out on the cap trail for a long time and come back and you, you know, ride the Reedy Creek Fire Road because if your stuff can jiggle around on that mm, concrete okay. stuff, yeah. then you're probably going to be fine. Okay. Um, that is my new camp stove. Oh, um, heck yeah. And the little, little black thing there. Cool. Um, uh, this little squeeze bottle is a filter uh, water bottle. And then um, I just threw out all the boxes before you got here of all the camping stuff that I've gotten. Oh, cool. So there's a... What's the brand now? Is a tent. There's a tent from a brand that's not Cedar Summit, Big Agnes. Nice. Big Agnes tent. Um, there's a um, quilt, um, sleeping quilt. There's a sleeping pad. There's a ground cover for the tent. Awesome. Um, Either way, so I have, I need to do some shakedown rides of my own. I need to put it on the bike and just, oh, and a seat pack, giant seat pack Perfect. from Apodora. Um, so yes, there's some thought of doing some, some bike packing. Uh, so I'm, I'm working in stages of like. You're on a fast track. You have the important things. You have the sleepable stuff. Mm -hmm. So the rest is just easy. You can dine out of a gas station if you need to. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know. have the important things covered. You know, do you feel like, do you feel like you're, so I'm a, like, I want to plan all kinds of things. I want to know the route. I want to know if there's convenience stores on that route. Like, what's the situation with the campground? Yeah. Do you feel you are, like, you need to have that level of detail with the ride? Or just like, hey, I'm just going to go ride and like, I'm going to stay the night. Cool. We'll figure it out as we go. It's a little bit of both, but for the most part, I've had enough, like, oh no moments or been on enough rides that have gotten really sideways yeah that these days if i'm gonna be gone for a few days yeah. probably the routes i'm doing are just complicated enough that i need to know what's coming at me okay um there's gonna be a lot of the multi-day trips that i plan these days are backwoods in the middle okay. of the desert or in the middle of west virginia in the woods okay there's no cell phone service yeah and there's no convenience stores okay so it's a lot of like hopefully i find dinner at this dollar general Hopefully. Okay. All right. So these days when I get into some of these tours, I definitely plan it out. I love mapping so, yeah. so, so much. It's mm -hmm. like one of my favorite things is just like digging really deep. Mm -hmm. Like I will call a convenience store to make oh, sure they nice. still exist. You know what I mean? Like I, especially if I'm taking people with me, right? Yeah. the big deal is making sure that like I can fend for myself pretty well, yeah. pretty okay. But if I'm like, if somebody else is coming with me, I need to know that they're going to be okay as steps, well. Yeah. So you know, I'll map really hard. I'll set myself up well with cues. I've learned ride with GPS stuff pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so I know how to, I've learned a lot. Okay. Uh -huh. Trial and error. A lot of trial and error. A lot of trial and error. And a okay. lot of like, a lot of tours where you're relying on your computer to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. So you need your cues. You need custom like pop-ups and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You can study a map and create waypoints and look at it physically as much as you want, but if that doesn't translate into the file that's going to pop up on your right your, your, your computer, your computer yeah. if you can't tell how far it is till your next water source, 
Ooh, okay. Um, because I've mentioned this filter and you just mentioned water, have there been like drinking from a stream? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. You survived it, so that's that's, that's encouraging. <laughs> Not wood. No Giardia yet. Because <laughs> um, I because I so I, I buy this thing and like I was looking at reviews of like what's the most convenient option for if I need to drink some water from a stream because the filter's like in the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need to drink water from a stream or from a camp that's like the water is potable, potable. I think mm-hmm. it's just like it's. It's not it's quite drinkable. It's drinkable. Potable mm-hmm. drinkable. So I've seen non-potable. Non-potable. Seen, right, is non-potable. Um, I've seen a few camps that's worth non-potable. So um, I'm just like, I don't think I'm. I don't think my first like bike pack is gonna be like so off the grid that I like won't have yeah. drinkable water. But it's me like planning ahead, and there was a crap ton of sales. So like I just perfect got timing. One. I um, love those for big rides in the mountains too. Yeah. Because you can go um, if you pay attention to your elevation. Don't drink near cattle land. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like a personal rule that I'm just not going to try to, unless it's a dire emergency, I'm not going to filter below a thousand feet. Okay. Um, but yeah. on some of these, if you're starting to do more elevation and you're training for longer rides, like mm-hmm. big miles, hundred plus, 120 plus yeah. in the mountains, yeah. pack a filter. Cause then you don't, it takes like a, this is like part of COVID riding was learning how to be really self-sufficient mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so that you weren't really in trouble. You weren't having to go into stores. So just pack a filter, even on like a 60 in the mountains in the summertime right. when it's just hot as can be and you and might you not see a store. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's great true. for that. Just check your elevation, make sure you're not near cows okay. and just gauge the stream health. And you say this, the cows, because like just the, the waste, the waste of the cows. Okay. Yeah. Getting in the water source. Okay. And like the, just the, the, a lot of the cattle farming, it's just okay. it's really bad on the land. Okay. You don't want that. I'll keep that in mind. And, and again, all of that's most of my rides have been road. Like, so I know this convenience store. I know there's road there. Like, Google Maps will show me the whole route kind of thing, street level. Um, but as I do more of these off road things, um, like I, I rode in Bedford um, went for Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving, went to go see family in Huddleston, snuck in a ride Thursday morning nice. um, in Bedford. And so it was a gravel route that somebody else had sent to me. But there was a bunch of areas that were back roads that Google Maps couldn't show me. Like it, it didn't recognize like this was a road yeah. kind of thing. And the street wasn't street level view. So I was like, okay, I hope this is like well, it's still a road. Could be anything. Um, and, and most of it was was chill. But um, thankfully, I packed enough on this like forty ish mile like that. I didn't feel like I was going to need to stop anywhere. And there weren't any convenience stores. Like I was just like. In That's kind of how it yeah. is out there. There's not much. You're kind of lucky if you find one. Um, you may ride for a day or two between stores. So it's a lifesaver. Filter. Um, yeah. It's great. And it takes, uh, my partner gets really, uh, like he gets really nervous about water scarcity mm-hmm. and it'll stress him out. Yeah. And so if he just brings a filter, it just peels off a layer of stress. Yeah. And so, okay. Thank you. That, that helps. That helps. Yeah. You don't have to use it. You can just pack it with you. Yeah. It's a nice thing to have. Okay. Um, yeah, I have to, hopefully I won't need it, um, yeah. you know, but I, I felt like it, I might as well get it. One, again, sales were what pro yeah. like it's, it's, just, it's on sale. Why not? Um, it may come in hand. And I've drank from it, and I haven't died yet for my own tap water. So, <laughs> Well, I tell you, there's something really extra great and cool about drinking out of a stream. I don't know what it is. It's just being a little bit wild, I think. I mean, I Feels suppose, like, cool. this didn't go bad. Like... Right? Kind of thing. I think, yes, if I was able to drink from a stream, I would also feel something like 
this didn't go bad. Like I didn't die from dysentery, like or nope. whatever. Like just, just <laughs> out west, there's cattle tanks, and those get really iffy. Yeah. Um, because they're just cattle water sources. Yeah. And so they get yucky, and so you may have to scoop water in a bandana or like oh, like really rip- filter out sediment okay. and algae and floaters. So <laughs> if I have drank from cattle tanks and have lived. Then others can do so as well. Yeah. Okay. You got this. All right. Okay. Streams are probably way better, especially mountain streams. It's like, you know, from the source. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Cattle tanks. Um. Anyway, we're back again. Um, and so, uh, bike packing. Um, and we talked about water filtration, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Uh, so I'm. I'm Interested to see how my first, if there will ever be a drinking from a stream situation, um, which I'm like, maybe there will be. Anyway, hey, that's that's more off-road than my first one will ever be. Um, but if you were going to recommend a ride from home, because we're here in Richmond, a ride from home, camp somewhere, and come back, like what would be your, your recommendation? If you're doing a shakedown run... Mm-hmm. And you just want to see how it goes. Right. Yeah, you just yeah. want to set up your tent somewhere else and get oh. used to your bags and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just go to Pocahontas. Okay. It's close. It's high amenity. It's mm-hmm. not so far that if something really gets crazy, someone couldn't come and snag you. Okay. It's a great shakedown run. If you want to get wilder with it, go sleep in the middle of the woods somewhere. Go out to the East End and sneak in something. But for the most part, I would say just go with kind of what's accessible. Um, Pocahontas isn't so, you know, isn't very far away. Yeah. So if there's like any uncertainty or like anything that's stressing you out, mm-hmm. it's close enough to just really alleviate that stress. Mm-hmm. Chip Oaks is a little further. Chip Oaks. Mm-hmm. And you can make it a really interesting ride too. You can ride the cap trail most of the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get really creative with it and put yourself on a much longer ride right you know use your favorite east end roads to get Mm -hmm. to williamsburg instead of taking the cap trail um and then take the ferry and go across to chip oaks so if you have to take that ferry i always thought that i i think there was one ride i was going to be on to take the ferry um i've gone to jamestown plenty of times i've seen the ferry docked i've just not taken the ferry ride it's super cool yeah Mm -hmm. put that on the list of of do it make it your first first one you know or ride um it just depends on what you want your first one to be if you're looking for like an epic ride then like deeply plan it and do it but you can also do something a little closer to home to just alleviate any stress and worry uh yeah no i um (laughs) my first plan my first plan my first test this stuff out is to ride somewhere and sleep at a hotel like first am i okay not going home I had a ride. Like it's, it's that's where I'm at with this. Um, Heck yeah. Because I've only done that once. I did bike MS, and then that was like a luxury situation because we were in a really nice hotel. Um, so again, can I ride somewhere and not come back home? Then I've not camped since I was a child. Oh snap. Yeah. So like the out. I need to scale back. Um, I am not an outdoorsy person. Like hands down. Like I would much rather be inside with my computer and AC. Um, but because of the gravel bike, mm-hmm. much more interested in doing it. See, so like, um, so uh, at some point I will go camping. 
Uh, and I got a nice tent, so I need to test it out. The state park is a great route because there's power and water at the sites. And okay. if you haven't camped in a while, um, I like solo trips a lot. Okay. But sometimes as a woman, just in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. it can be a little scary. Sure. Um, and, you know, I'm not... I'll have a knife. But, Good to take protection. You know, yes. that's... That's what yeah, I got, yeah, you yeah. know. If, mm-hmm. if I'm going into, like, West Virginia, I might have bear mace. Mm-hmm. I should have bear mace. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> get comfortable sleeping outside in a safe space. Sleep in your backyard. Yeah, that's that's. Sleep in your backyard one night. That way you can just test the tent and see how it works. And um, then go to a state park that you feel safe at. And get used to the sounds of animals that come up. Because it'll happen. You'll hear something crunching. And if you're not accustomed to it, it'll keep you up all night and it'll make your next day's ride hard. So get comfortable being outside. I, I agree. Yes, getting comfortable. Yes, I'll be sleeping in the backyard uh, first. In fact, I'll probably be taking a nap in the backyard during the daytime yeah. as the first test. <laughs> yeah, do it. First test of the day. Hammock tent. it up a little bit or something, um, you know. You know. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, Pocahontas, if you're thinking like test some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's one if you're like one that's more epic, that's like out of town, but that's not, you know, like nearby, but not. Do um, the gap, the CNO and the oh, gap. Mm-hmm. Ride to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Take um, the train up to DC and ride from DC to Pittsburgh. It's a CNO and gap. Mm-hmm. CNO is one trail and then the gap is the mm-hmm. other trail, right? Okay. Again, it's a pretty safe space. It's mm-hmm. a rail trail. So okay. you're not, you've taken traffic out of the equation. Okay. Um, it's you and a gravel path in the woods. Yeah. And often a beautiful river and well mapped out uh, stores and towns along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a super challenging. Yeah. That's not true. You can make it as hard as you want. Okay. You can, sure. it's rail trail, or yeah. it's rail trail. So yeah. you can make it complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would just be like big mileage goals. Okay. So it's a great space to be outdoors, to have dedicated campsites that are, you know, there's water pumps along the CNO, okay. but a lot of them are treated with iodine, so it'll taste a little funny. Okay. Good to know. Uh, pumps with iodine. There are these days anyway. Um, they uh, advise you to boil it or filter it. Okay. Well, I've got the filter. Um, so, uh, CNO, Gap Trail. Um, and and I've, I've had others mention the, the CNO and Gap Trail, and that's gravel kind of um it is for the most part some of the parts of the cno get a little rutted out okay it could be double track that can get a little yucky okay a little bit of a a divot um but for the most part it's the same surface as that you know the path around belle isle it's Mm -hmm. this very finely Mm -hmm. chipped gravel yeah it's it's pretty much that okay um good to know i will i'm sure somebody else is going to recommend i may have to actually do that because it's a good one second or third recommendation of that um what was something that was like what's a really epic multi-day that you can think of as you can recall the furthest from home i did was the monumental loop in arizona new mexico i'm sorry wow in new mexico you went there and rode that flew to new mexico and rode new mexico to texas to mexico and then came back wait wait new mexico to texas to mexico Mm -hmm. okay Wow. Okay. And it was cool. It was my first time in the um, 
doing a multi-day trip in the desert. Okay. So I had a lot of like water worries to squash mm-hmm. and a lot of like, a lot of planning. Yeah, I was going to ask. So how long was that in the, the planning stage? Like how long was that from like idea to like you actually were doing the ride? I feel like I started thinking about doing it probably early in the year. Okay. Um, and committed probably in like May or June. Okay. And then did it in October. Okay. Um. So a lot of thinking, a lot of uh, the people that put it put the route together. Okay. Um, really do an incredible job of handing you a map mm-hmm. that has everything you need to know, where you okay. can and can't camp, okay. water stops, okay. really cool things to see, stores. So you just need to take that information and process it. Okay. And create it into a plan that's going to work for you right how many how far are you going to go before you camp where am i going to aim to camp how am i going to let myself know that over 300 miles i'm in one of the 20 sections where there's no camping allowed it's unmarked land Mm -hmm. like you're just in the middle of feel like land management yeah land you're in the desert so there's not signs that say don't camp here yeah. But if you camp there and the ranchers find you, they're not going to be stoked. You're going to ruin it for other people. Yeah. And potentially good. get in trouble yourself. That's not great. Um, you did this in October, in October or whatever that year was? I did. Like a two two years ago? A year ago? A year ago. Okay. Um, how many days do you recall? Talking like... Um, I think we were going to do five and then shortened it to three. Really? Okay. I have this like really bad habit of getting out there and just deciding to push it. <laughs> um, okay. It's just real dumb. So wait, wait, like you got to your end destination in three days instead of five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Not cut it short. Like we decided to push it. Um, there was okay. a windstorm coming, oh. and we didn't want to ride in like thirty mile an hour winds They're if we could beat it. Oh, it was no, not. Yeah, <laughs> we were wishing. We were looking at the forecast. Yeah. And we were like, man, we're going to be in the middle of the flattest section of the ride with no, with the least water sources in a windstorm. So it was on our minds from, from the moment we left. Yeah. Um, and we did like the kind of allotted mileage the first day mm-hmm. with maybe a little extra. And the next day we're like, we should probably start tacking on some mileage to every day. Okay. To get, yeah, to get it and down. And then kind of made that, dis- that final decision the following day that we need to go ahead and do a 90 today and get this done yeah <laughs> just because the storm was gnarly you just were you were just laughing you know you had bandanas on to keep the sand from just like crushing you yeah really because it, it just blast your face it was wild how many people went um i did it with my partner okay we there was a group of about 100 people that started but once you started you kind of scattered okay and it was single speed so you're slower on flats so yeah. you just everybody strings out mm-hmm. um there were a couple occasions that we ran into other people um there was a woman that offered up her farm as a place to stay okay. and so we camped at her farm and ran into another rider there okay. and then kind of same thing we parted ways and he was gonna lollygag a bit and we were like we've got to go yeah <laughs> so we're trying to beat this store but i don't know if we will so um would you do it again? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, is there like a certain time of year that was supposed to be a better time to do Was it... So that was... Wait. So 
you say there were like a hundred writers that did this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that just like something like an event, or was that? It like, is. Okay. It's a, it's a it's a it's a mass depart. Okay. Um, it's a it's a big. Uh, I guess Matt throws it with a bikepacking summit as well because there's a lot of conversation around riding and camping on lands out there. The government leases a lot of land to cattle ranchers. Was that MAP as an M-A-A-P? M-A-T-T. Oh, M-A-T-T. So there's a lot of conversation to be had and there's a lot of folks putting in a ton of work to bring that kind of stuff to their area. Okay. And so there's there was like multiple days of kind of events and conversations a local makers market okay there's so many cool like folks in the southwest making frames and soft goods and mm-hmm. handlebars um so it was a, like it was a, a proper event okay a full okay so not not just a ride it was a whole, whole it was a whole thing there was okay. a guy that um fkt'd it you know it was okay. awesome it was cool to watch okay really cool folks to meet and um yeah, ten out of ten would go back. Okay, nice. Um, I may get more information about this ride. Um, I'm a little way. I'm quite a ways away from going out of state to do epic rides, where the water sources are questionable. Um, but it's good to know of for future. They're ones. there. They're waiting yeah. for you whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm quite a ways away. Um. <laughs> um okay. Awesome. Uh, do you call your first flat? Mm. No, but I'm sure they happened. I know they happened. I remember um I remember struggling with flats. I remember getting competent at changing flats. Okay. Actually. And I think that was a bigger thing, being less worried about it and just okay. being like, Oh my god, if I pinch this tube, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And I remember getting a lot better at it and getting way less worried about it and mm-hmm. got to a point where now it's just like, Oh shoot, I got a flat. You can fix it. Yeah, I'll fix it. Okay. So that was a bigger, that right. for me was a bigger deal. Right. Less getting, worried about getting, it. Getting confidence, you get you can handle this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Some of those old wire bead like touring tires, man, those things were like, yeah. I mean, you were gonna pop your fingers off trying to get them off the wheel. <laughs> they were so hard to get off. Yeah. Um, I guess you were still taking. Were you? Did you always like have a hand pump, or you like CO two cartridges for this thing? I failed um, at CO two for a long time. I like just <laughs> did bad with it. You know, yeah. like would just like not do it well and yeah. finally again like figured it out mm-hmm. i rode home on so many squishy flats that i just did a bad <laughs> job like oh god what am i doing with a co2 how am i uh, doing it so wrong you know i will say i think it also um what type of inflator you have because some are you more user friendly than others absolutely um some are just like you screw it in just press it down and pray and just like hope that it goes in the thing you know you gotta the other thing i learned is um, you gotta make sure it's not like dirt because you just like have it in your pocket or your bag and you didn't realize it was dirt so it didn't go in um, and so I have a, a Lexine I just got inflate a new one and it has like a turn valve and I so one of those those are the nicest it's yeah, so it's user right. friendly right yeah just, I tell yeah. people all the time I'm like get one of these because they're just really easy to use mm-hmm. and if you don't use the whole CO2 you can keep it, it typically there, right? lasts really well just stays yes. um, which is great. So I'm glad that you're more confident in fixing your flats. Yeah. Um, so it's a good skill to have, uh, particularly as you do longer and longer rides. Yeah. Okay. Or out in the woods. Yeah. Where there's not civilization. Where there's nothing. Because um, uh, um, I have like a whole list of, of questions that are just like, um, not when did you get your, f- 
were you when you were doing your single speed um were you riding it in a cycling kit did you have like a like bike shorts and things like that for mountain bikes or single speed gears so like track when you're, bike right, yeah the track bike yes oh so um just like street clothes it's kind of thing. mostly street clothes okay but as i got a little bit more into cycling i got some kits for longer rides okay. on other bikes okay all right um was that a matter of hey you should get like cycling apparel for 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 riding or was it like was that a you made that decision or like you kind of saw others kind of like it was a little bit of both okay because there was a lot of cool cycling stuff happening yeah um and people were wearing kits Mm -hmm. and i was like very kit curious (laughs) (laughs) thank you for saying that gotta remember that one Uh, i wanted to know what it was all about it looked kind of cool as like ridiculous as it seemed it also seemed really smart Mm -hmm. um and uh i was not sure that my cycling was worthy of wearing a kit Mm -hmm. but i also felt like uh it could go beyond that so i had a couple kits you know they were old style that those horrible leg bands those like Mm -hmm. remember when they had all the little elastic fibers they were just so bad back in the day but, you know, you get the pro tips from your friends on, like, how to pull them up and then flip the thing up so right. it doesn't Not, yeah, rip your leg. legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it just got better and better, and I learned a lot about apparel. Okay. Um, okay. And got to talk my friends into kits, and that's how it goes. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not more curious about when the guys get into the kits, because, you know, I think ladies are potentially uh, more acceptable of really tight clothing. Um, but it's still a transition of like, I'm going to wear these shorts and it's like a diaper. Like, do so, I look cool? I'm yeah, not right? sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I was curious about when did the kit happen? Yeah. Thank you for saying it. Came pretty quick in there. <laughs> it came pretty quick in there. Um, yeah. And especially once I started riding the mountain bike, yeah. um, they were such short but intense rides yeah. that you just get sweaty really quick. And so it's nice to have something to just like peel off and wash, uh, you know, yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. you're instantly hot. You're working so hard. You're using your upper body too. Mm-hmm. You go through creeks, you're riding in dirt. You know, it's nice to not be doing that. And like maybe and the shorts try. that you might wear to work later or right, something. Yeah. something, something more dedicated to the riding. Kind of, yeah. Kind of I made it a nicer experience. You can carry snacks that way. Um, Right, yeah. But don't think about the pockets. Until yeah, I was like the whole the whole thing is yeah. where is my where are my snacks gonna go? How do I carry my keys and my phone mm-hmm. and my wallet on a bike without wearing a fanny pack all the time? And oh, with mountain was, yeah. biking, it kind of sucks. It doesn't. Sometimes it's nice to have a fanny pack, but sometimes it's nice to not. Right, it jiggles around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have I have considered like how do I carry less stuff on my body. And I've considered it more in the last couple months because I hadn't thought when I got the gravel bike, I tried using a camelback because I wasn't trying to do monster cross. I used a camelback because I wasn't confident about doing the gravel, reaching down to grab my bottle. And then I didn't think about like the more weight you have on your body is more weight on your seat bones. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do think more of like, how can I have more stuff on the bike, but not on me? Yeah. That kind of thing. So either way. Um, But yes curious about your your kid experience um uh it's your flat talk about cycling uh we talk snacks um when did you get a bike computer hmm i got a bike computer when i started getting more involved in gravel riding so probably 
four or five years ago. You know, technically, I had a bike computer a long time ago with that mountain bike. Yeah. Nog made wireless computers. Remember the... I don't know if you remember that company. They made these great lights when, like, when everybody was getting into cycling and doing these fun night rides. Nog made, like, these single LED lights that were silicone and they would uh, just wrap around your handlebars or around your seat posts and like uh, we were doing a lot of rides at night and you would get in trouble you would get tickets if you didn't have lights on your bike oh okay because that's a real rule Mm -hmm. um and they were pretty affordable and a lot of the bike shops in town picked them up um so nog also made a cycle computer that was just super basic i mean miles Mm -hmm. uh miles per hour like there yeah. was not a lot to it, but it was like this little brick that siliconed onto your handlebar okay. and then a little sensor and a, on your wheel and a sensor on your fork stanchion. And I got it for mountain biking because nice. I wasn't sure how far I was riding. I don't know that I really knew about Strava. I, okay. don't, I don't know how old Strava is. It's not like my riding predates Strava, but it seemed like... I mean, I can look it up at the computer here, but yeah, I feel yeah. like Strava is like less than ten years old for some reason. Yeah, so it, it might not have been a thing. I don't really know. Okay. And then I got a fancy computer when I started to go more off grid. Okay. And I was out of phone service range. Okay. And uh, I wanted to navigate on routes that I built or routes that I okay would kind of Google okay uh, or not Google but search yeah on ride with GPS mm-hmm. and I needed a way to do that that wasn't my telephone. Okay. Right, because the phone is not can do that, but it's not meant to. It's not great. Um, I tend to advocate for. I find how to put this. Um, having a bike computer is great, right? The usefulness mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but I I do hesitate when I talk to people and or mention like getting a new gadget. Right? Yeah. Like you have to. There's a. There's a. You have to pay for the thing, and so I I try to be more cautious than like. It's really good to have a bike computer. Like, do you need one? No. But do you need to have, is it good to have another device other than your computer to, to, to route you somewhere kind of thing, right? That has a dedicated battery for this thing. Yeah. Right? So your phone, you can call someone in case of an emergency. Um, so anyway. I, I, I feel you. I, uh, I was mountain biking in Ithaca, New York. Mm-hmm. And I uh Probably had a bike computer to clock miles, but also at that point was doing a lot of just starting Strava on my phone and then putting my phone in my pocket and not worrying about it until I would stop. Yeah. Um, and I found these trails that I really wanted to go ride. They sounded great. And I went and rode them. I was traveling with friends. Friends were going to go ride um, skate parks all day, and I was yeah. going to go mountain bike. Sure. So I peeled off to mountain bike. No phone service. Surprise. I mm-hmm. didn't know. I had a... Uh, the map i pulled up the map of where i was going on my phone so as long as the page didn't try to refresh i had an image of the spaghetti you know spaghetti splatter of trails and i was like oh okay this is fine i'll just make every right until i come back to the car will i get out there and start riding and there's tons of unmarked trails and there's trails that Mm -hmm. the numbers don't like they don't go in ascending or descending order it might be like r6 to y7 to b8 and so I got lost. And okay. I got really lost. And I rode for probably four hours. And I was like, man, I have no phone service. I'm not really sure where I am. I'm supposed to be back at the skate park picking up my friends. Yeah. And I finally got back to a spot that I recognized. Yeah. And got out of the woods. 
and back to the car. Yeah. I showed up. I went and drove straight to a grocery store and bought food and got popsicles and brought them to the skate park to give to my friends. And they were like, where have you been? And I was like, I got lost. Yeah. I got lost out there. And that's when I was like, all right. Some how, things. How far past like your arrival? Were you like just like 30 minutes outside of your arrival time? Or a couple like hours. A couple hours. Yeah, like two bottles and probably like a, a bar, you know. And then just rode for four hours instead. I was fine. But I was like, it's getting dark. I need to get out of these woods. Uh, you know, it's just one of those moments. It always catches you. You like, maybe your phone isn't all the way charged. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, you're just yeah. like, I'm watching my phone dip down to 20%. The sun's setting. I'm not really sure where I am. I'm in the mountains where there's definitely bears. And I'm lost. So it really set the fire to like, hey, you dummy. Yeah. Download the map. Screenshot yeah. it. Yeah. Because then you don't have to pull up, you know. I learned a lot of tricks by messing. <laughs> you know, you learn a lot. You Trial and it's error. It's always a learning experience. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and hopefully someone will hear this and think, you know, maybe I shouldn't use my phone. Right, you know? It's nice to have that computer. Right. The batteries last a lot longer and then you can download routes to your phone to use offline mm -hmm. so you don't have to use rely on cell service right. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of ways to yeah. make it work and you can have some real fail safe stuff um, for when you're out there do you take a battery pack with you sometimes on yeah. big trips i do big trip. okay okay um those are great i also thought about do i need to get a separate one of those before i start buying battery um uh any wait so you've ridden outside the area um was there any state that you've been in that just seemed like an awesome state to ride in that you want to go back to? Georgia. Ride? Georgia? Mm -hmm. Really? Georgia seems cool. I've ridden a little bit there. Um, also, Kentucky has some cool stuff. Probably most states, if you really look hard enough, you're going to have a great time. Okay. You know, you're going to bring that fun to the table. But okay. I think it depends on the type of bike that you're riding. I really like riding in the desert, and I want to go back. Okay. It's a very different landscape than I'm used to. Okay. East Coast has shade and it has water. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, we have humidity. Yeah. And, you know, all kinds of other stuff. But, but, but that was just like a totally different... It's a different... nice change of terrain. It's like a whole different skill set that you'll use. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. It's just beautiful and different. And you get to learn a lot about where you're riding and the types of ecology and just everything. It's really cool. It's nice to freshen it up a bit. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Riding in the desert is cool. Not actually cool as in temperature. Um, um, oh, okay. Um, when you go on non-cycling vacations, right, you take your bike with you. I don't think I go on vacations that aren't cycling. <laughs> I hate to say it, but like there's always a plot twist to every vacation. Yeah. It always involves bringing a bike or going somewhere to ride somewhere. Uh -huh. Sometimes the vacation is like the subplot. You mm -hmm. know, we finished up the Monumental Loop early and we're really excited because we had like a whole day mm -hmm. to hang out in Las Cruces and have food. Yeah, okay. Right, because you've already done the so epic that riding. Was, yes, that yeah. was the vacation part, yeah. was this bonus day at like a kooky Airbnb and getting a bunch of burritos and just like relaxing before we box our bikes up frantically to fly again. Um, so that brings me an interesting So after you've done an epic ride, right? Um, do you say you do an epic ride? So Saturday you put in massive miles or something like that, um, and you go home. Do you feel like do you feel you need to ride still the next day, or you feel like eh, you know what I've already done an epic ride? Something has to happen. Okay. You something. Know, something has to happen. It needs to be like 
a short ride and a long walk. Okay. Um, usually the long rides that I take are punctuated by dog walks. So even after I've done a really long ride, I got to come home You've and right, I got to take my guys for a walk. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. So there's always going to be something like that. And if I've left the dogs all day, they have to do something cool. I have to make it up the okay. next day. Okay. You know, so we do like a cool dog adventure. We'll go hike JRPS or like, okay. you know, do something fun for them as well. Okay. Um, and that it keeps you flexible, keeps you moving, mm-hmm. active recovery, right, whatever yeah. that is. You right. know, <laughs> it is what it, it is. It helps your body just like stay limber and stay warm and happy. Okay. So it's kind of important too. I don't. It's a rare day that I do a ride that's so big that I don't want to move the next day. Okay. Okay. All right. Just curious. I don't know if you, you know, felt your ride appetite satiated and was like i don't don't need to bike the next day it's just sometimes like, okay. you know how the weekends are if you do something really big then you've like postponed all your chores you know you've got to make up for like groceries and like getting it together for the work week the next day right yeah so yeah. that's when that comes in you know do like a medium dog adventure mm-hmm. or take yourself for a hike and then handle that life stuff and then come at the work week sounds like we need to get butlers yeah. Right. Self cleaning house. Right. Oh, that would be great. That'd be cool. Right. Um, I would love it. For some reason, <laughs> I'm thinking of the robot from the Jetsons. It's like this takes care I of love it. it. <laughs> I love. I love robot tech. How about it? Um, I pass this house regularly that has a robot lawnmower, and I love to see it. It is hilarious. It has like a little portal under one of the gates yeah. where it puts itself away in the backyard. I love to see it. It's super funny. I remember looking at one of those. I was talking to a friend of mine about that a couple of years ago. And he, he definitely likes bleeding edge tech. Um, and I was like, you should not get this. Like, why are you spending this much money? You have, <laughs> he so has expensive. a yard is like as big as mine. I was like, you should not get this thing. But he's like also wanted like a hundred inch TV or something like that. Yeah. I was like, God, you should not. Um, or no, he wanted like a projector with like a hundred inch. I was like, don't do that, dude. Um, either way. So I've seen one of those. I don't like mowing the lawn. So like maybe, like just like <laughs> I love like mowing the lawn. Like I'm I'm fine with it, but I also just love really silly gadgets, and that just like always piques my interest. I love it for someone else. I don't really need it for me, but I love to see that other folks have it, and I want to know everything about it. So I think well, it's a hoot. Yeah, um, I put that in the in the realm of things that make life a little bit more magical. Yeah. Right. You just don't have to worry about it. It's so nice. Right. The gra- you just come back from your epic ride and the grass is already, it's cut itself. It's done. And it's put itself away. Like that makes little it worth house. it. I can ride for an extra h- couple. Ooh, that makes it much more worth it. If you can put in a calculation of, I was going to have to cut the grass, but no, I, I didn't have hour. to. I got an extra hour and a half of riding and then you, time, you do that over mm-hmm. the year for all the grass cuts. How much more riding will I get? How know, many days do? do you recoup? Right, because now the grass cuts itself. It works out. Right. I mean, yeah. it, I can justify it. <laughs> I will. I'll argue my way into it and back out of it. You know. Um, if anyone hears this and they have like an, a self-driving, like legit parks itself mower, please let me know. Let us know. We want to know everything about it. Um, right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's your non-cycling vacations, which we want to extend, so we need to have our our lawns mowed. Yeah. Um, how did the pandemic affect your cycling? Ooh, it got weird. It, it really changed. Okay. Um, I was doing these super long rides, and you really couldn't. It didn't feel socially responsible mm-hmm. to go out on some of these big rides, and so I had to wrap my brain 
around finding joy on the bike at 25 miles. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. Okay. That was a hard one. Yeah. Um, it changed it a lot. It also made rides with friends incredibly high value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it really, it changed a lot, actually. Uh, I was really into doing, really pushing myself to go faster on long rides. I wanted to hit faster averages over longer distances. Mm-hmm. And was just really kind of doing that a lot. And then when you weren't really supposed to land yourself in the hospital doing anything dumb, you know, in the height of pandemic when, like, nobody was vaccinated, nobody was hanging out, like, uh, you had to really play it safe and smart. Yeah. Okay. Um, and having to rework your brain to, like, have the same happiness buttons pushed on a ride mm-hmm. sometimes i'll fight a ride the entire way and i'm 90 miles in and my brain is still like we're gonna think about all this stuff and mm-hmm. i'm like grouchy and weird and by the end of it i'm grinning ear to ear but it's taken 90 miles to get there i feel like it takes me like i'm not really warmed up for 20 miles yeah you know i'm not mm-hmm. comfortable and mm-hmm. settled in for the day until i'm like whatever amount of miles in and that's when your ride ends yeah you're like, I just have to really rework this. So it really reshaped and restructured rides for me. Yeah. Um, okay. Finding joy in short rides Yeah. was difficult. But it became a thing, and it really sort of changed my priorities Okay. about whether or not I was going to push it into some of this more endurance racing stuff. Yeah, okay. Or whether or not I was going to place more value on sharing time with other people mm-hmm. in space. And that's kind of what I shifted towards. And it, it's still, it's like trickling out now into this weird way where like, I don't really think I want to race. I still kind of like the idea of it. Yeah. But I really prioritize and value spending time with people mm-hmm. and sharing and sharing a lot of information and time on a bike. And yeah. it shifted a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, things change all the time it'll change some other way soon I'm sure but that's kind of it's right yeah there's there's, there's ups and downs of you know and you ride with different people you know kind of thing right all yeah. that changes you meet different people in other states and it's really nice to be able to see them mm-hmm. you know you, there was a time period where you weren't sure if that was really going to be your future was just staying home all the time oh my God. Yeah. riding right. with the same four people right or um, like who you were allowed to Right, yeah. Who's in your, your, yeah, Who, your safe are you bubble. the high risk one? Who's the high risk one? You know, like there was a lot of stuff. Uh, it changed a lot. Now I'm like, I'm, I don't recall. Do I recall anyone that was in the circle, in the in the circle that I would occasionally be around during the height of the pandemic that I felt was high risk? Oh gosh, I worked at a store that was open the whole time. Yeah. So I was not only with the public, yeah. with folks that I didn't know, yeah. but then other people who just are living their lives differently than yours. And so what I wouldn't do, maybe they would do. Right. And I just had to swallow it. Yeah. And yeah. you learn to accept a lot, let a lot go. It's a yeah. weird time. Um, yeah, because um, you were at the store, retail, right? Retail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and... It, and so I, I, I asked the question of how did the pandemic affect your riding because um, you know, it touched everybody's lives in different ways. Um, and and I, I'm aware that you were, right, people were coming into the store 
you don't know what they were doing, right? You all were taking the precautions that you could, telling yeah. everyone else, hey, while you're here, take these similar precautions. Yeah. Um, I'm sure someone was like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to do it, right? I'm going to be a douchebag about it. Douchebag is the word I'm going to use. Um, you know, about not following the protocols while in somebody else's store. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm glad you made it through it. We did it. Right? Yeah. Here we well, are. We, 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 Look we at figured us. it out. We figured out how to navigate it. And you know. Yeah. Um, and it was a weird time in everybody's lives. And we all trauma bonded, and that's okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's not the <laughs> that's not the kind of bonding. Of, it's not really the kind do. you want, but right. it is what it is. But we got through we it. We all, like, right. everyone felt a little bit more invested, maybe. Yeah. Um, did you have to change any ride plans? Were there any, like, I was going to do this oh, this big yeah. thing, and, like, now it's like, weird. Like it's, I was headed oh, to wow. do a big, gnarly, dumb desert ride. Okay. Another, uh, okay. And COVID shut it down. Um, uh, I was supposed to go in March of 2020 and, okay. uh, it slammed the door. Um, I was training for a 500 mile ride, yeah. uh, in the desert around Tucson okay. that went over basically every mountain peak around Tucson. Um, and I, it was going to be a really s- scary and wonderful time. Yeah. And I had worked super hard getting into a state of fitness that mm-hmm. I thought that I could kind of handle that style yeah. of big elevation for five days seven days in a row mm-hmm. um and that didn't happen and then pandemic yeah pandemic and shut then it down. shut the door real hard and i stayed home and yeah you just redirected it you know i, I like i thought about it long and hard and there were a lot of other rides that still happened mm-hmm. and it didn't feel right i didn't want to sit with guilt Mm-hmm. I wanted to enjoy a trip and not mm-hmm. feel any way. Okay. Um, and I did later in the year go on a backcountry tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was three days in West Virginia. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of discussion mm-hmm. um, amongst people as things changed over the years. There yeah. was a lot of like cautionary rules, like the one tank of gas rule, mm-hmm. you know, where you're not supposed to travel further than one tank of gas oh okay to ride um, oh okay you know if your trip isn't a tank and back you know out and back in one yeah. tank yeah you probably shouldn't do it mm, okay. that was a, like i read a lot because yeah, i was yeah. like searching to make sure like i just didn't want to i didn't want to mess anything up for other people you know yeah what if you're like the dang idiot that brings covid to a tiny town in the middle of nowhere folks that don't have the same resources as the mm, city okay yeah, so like if yeah. i was going to go do an off-road tour yeah. i needed to see no one for three days and i needed yeah. to ride within my bounds yeah and so that's what i did and drink from a stream i did and drink from a stream. i ate okay raw apples off a tree and drank <laughs> from mini streams and i rode a lot of single track and it was a really cool time awesome um i'm glad you were able to like to to navigate that and still get to do the things in your comfort zone you know during that time um but that was just like weird time. it was weird yeah, yeah you know i was lucky that my friends were really open to dialogue about it mm-hmm. and friends in other states were too so yeah. it was a great check because like you know your friends your tight-knit right. group of friends are all going to feel the same way yeah but maybe somebody in north carolina doesn't feel the same way yeah and they're they're going to tell you right. and so it was like a great uh, open conversation between people and what was socially responsible and like it was a great way to kind of check yourself like am i being a dummy planning this trip 
is this actually going to be smart and safe? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm watching COVID rates dip a little bit. Is this the time to go? I think it is, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think it's a great value in discussing that with others because individually you could be like, this is going to be fine. I know what precautions yeah. I'm taking. And then someone said, well, like, I mean, have you thought about this? Like this, this other thing, what happens if this happens? Kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, that's good. Your friends will, will sometimes be a bit of an echo chamber mm-hmm. and that's not a bummer. That's just the reality of it. So it's yeah. great to have folks that you can lean on in other places to just sort of like, what are you guys doing? You know, mm-hmm. how would you feel about this? Does this seem okay? Yeah. So, um, a good check. In that, in that vein, has there ever been a ride, not just the pandemic, right, that you were like, I think I would like to do this? At any point, was there anyone who was up like, maybe you shouldn't, like, maybe you should do, like, something a little bit different? Like, has there ever been, like, someone who's like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z? Mm. Or has it just been like there has no been one? some good advice dispensed, but also people have been really wonderful about trusting how stubborn I am to finish something. It's like just don't tell I her no. Is that what like, it is? <laughs> stubbornness plays like just as much a part as fitness sometimes. Okay. In some of these rides, if you're gonna find a way, you're gonna find a way. Oh if you're gonna have to do dogs. it, and you're gonna have to ride all night to get there, and you're just gonna do it. Once you learn how to fuel your body well and just keep it moving, yeah, you just own your decision and do it. So, it worked out well. It's worked out well so far. I mean, yeah, you're, you're yeah, uh, I, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people encourage a lot, which is cool. Um, some okay. folks like aren't super encouraging, but sometimes that just fuels the fire a little bit more. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a naysayer. I got to do it anyway now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not like in a, a dangerous way, you know, like in a whatever. I used to date this dude a long time ago who told me I didn't have the fitness to ride Forest Hill Park on a mountain bike. He was like, don't even try. You, you don't have it. And I was like, oh my God, okay. It must be gnarly in Forest Hill Park, right? I didn't even try. Yeah. I was just like, it must be crazy. Yeah. There. And then I got over, I was just like, I'm going to try. I'm going to go see what it's like. And I was like, how dare he say yeah. that to me? Yeah. How friggin' who does he think he is? Even, so. Just a, sorry to cut in here. You know. Even if Forest Hill Park, because if it was like gnarly ramps and things like even if it was, it's so small that like even if you weren't, <laughs> like you were a brand new you rider. walk out. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can leave. Or it could be like, oh yeah, you'll eventually be able to do it. Like it'd be training, right? It it's not an impossible, even if it was like the most gnarly, it's only so big yeah. that you would definitely be able to train up to. So either way. So I tell you what. Yeah. It's, it's always a good reminder to watch your verbiage around other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it's just something I like, I just think about and laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the naysayers and things like that can be That's a weird um, annoying, but but motivation nonetheless. Um, uh, that was the pandemic. Right? Yeah. So riding around. Um, who taught you how to ride a bike? Hmm. I'm sure I learned when I was a kid, and it was probably my mom. I'm yeah. not going to lie. When I was a kid, I had like a scooter, and I would just rip it on the scooter. Scooter? Wait. Like, like a push scooter. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a push yeah, scooter. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it, was the, it was the 90s. They were cool. They had mag wheels. I was like ripping it on a scooter. Yeah? Okay. That's what it was. Have you know. been? I mean, because I... 
you've not been on one of the the scooters in here right not yet i'm waiting it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen i'll take a scooter ride at some point and i'm sure i'll laugh the whole time and i'll probably crash and i'll probably take it off road and it'll be a good time try it out of town mm. right because yeah. here you're you're commuting around that's your your mode of transportation but if you went somewhere around. else try the try the scooter while you're out of town somewhere because i'm sure it exists i see people doubling on them all the time yeah. i'm like that it looks looks wild <laughs> kudos <laughs> um have you tried the city bikes um the the you know the, the we have i think the i've been on one once yeah and i was like oh you know i have bikes what am i doing okay um i tried them once as well it, it was a failed attempt to get my niece and nephews to ride with me but i i'm just curious if you yeah tried to try to use them um i don't want to ask this one too often how do you if how do you feel when you see other people riding their bikes? Super stoked. Yeah. I wave at everybody. I yeah. smile and I wave, and yeah. it's like a measure of a good ride when someone when enough people wave back to you. Right. Yeah. No matter what they're doing, somebody is like head down. They're dying. They're on a TT bike. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I, it never fails. I'll say hello to every single person I pass, just mm-hmm. like a dummy. But I just love it. I love to see it. They can oh. be riding any bike. Awesome. I've seen um, people on beach cruisers on mountain bike trails mm-hmm. and I'm just like hyping <laughs> them cruiser. up. I'm like, get it, keep pushing, go. You know, I'm going to hype them up no matter what. Uh, it's good to be encouraging. It's going yeah. Like, you know. Everybody right. needs somebody rooting for them. Yeah. You know? And, and then they're like, you know what? I should have a beach cruiser on the mountain bike trails. You know, I this should. wasn't so bad. What if I got a mountain bike? You know, it just like goes from there. All right. I, I can see that going away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a whole crap ton of things I'm sure we have not covered. What's something, uh, if you could go back to you on the uh, the the track bike, right? Mm. And and like younger Emily, like tell her something about your riding experience or share something like what's something you'd want to tell a younger version of you mm. about the about the riding that you. Um, probably something akin to just like keep doing it. Yeah. Just, just, just do it. Okay. Like that's, you know, whether it's long miles, whether it's a bike packing trip, whether it's buying a new bike or whatever, just, just do it. Okay. Okay. That's, a, that's something solid. in that same, something in that same vein. That, that would be solid advice is, is to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, did I miss anything? Is there something that... I mean, clearly there's things that I did not cover. Like, there's just no way I can encapsulate <laughs> all your whole life of Everybody's cycling. got so yeah. much cool cycling um, stuff. But is there anything you wanted to, wanted to share? Anything? Any tidbit? Like, clearly? Um, not really. I think we, we talked about all kinds of things. Today. I know, right? So many things. The whole gamut. Mean, right? All of it. Um, um, I suppose I'll have you come back then. We'll do that. Yeah. Wait. Uh where are you working? Let's go over that. Oh, yeah. Let's go well, now I work for BikeWalk RVA. Okay. Um, I work for a program that's cycling uh, and pedestrian focused. Okay. Um, one of our big projects is making sure that the Fall Line Trail comes to fruition in a really great way, mm-hmm. in like a high level, top notch, world class way. Okay. Um. So I've worked at a couple bike shops, and now mm-hmm. I'm working just a little differently with it. Okay. Right. Still very involved, but now super neutral. Right. You can work with all the groups, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, nice. Thought I'd make sure we, yeah, we plug that. I'm excited. It's a cool, it's a really great group of folks there. Yeah. Um, awesome. I thought I'd ask about that. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, I think I'm going to have to have you come back at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's going to be something. There's always some, something kooky something like happening. Um, uh, I tell you what, in February, I'm going to Florida to ride Huracan. It's like a 360-mile off-road loop. Um, I'm riding it with some wonderful and hilarious friends. We're going to do like 100, 130 miles a day for three-ish, maybe four days. Okay. And we're going to do the water crossing at night. If you Google that race, you'll see a lot of people wading through water. Yeah. And I'm a little bit scared. And you're going to do that part at night? In alligator country. I'm should a little I, bit scared. It'll be fine. Be completely fine. Yeah, they won't so. want to come near me. But, you know, if something touches me in the water, I might <laughs> explode out of my skin. So maybe we follow up post-hurricane. Um, yeah, that would be... I. Um, <laughs> my God, that seems just, just impractical. But It's going to be really wild. Awesome. Um, well, thank you. Yes, we'll follow up and see how that goes. Um, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm already laughing. Um, Emily, thank you for sharing your story um, and, and, and coming on the show. So I appreciate you sharing your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's a awesome. awesome. Thank you.